Hi there, and welcome to the Praying Christian Women podcast. I'm Jamie Hampton, and I'm really excited to be here with one of my favorite podcasters, um, Dana K. White. She hosts the um, podcast called A Slob Comes Clean, which I just love. She's an author, speaker, podcaster, YouTuber, and decluttering expert. Um, Dana has written three books. We're going to talk about one in particular today, but she's written three great books, Decluttering at the Speed of Life, How to Manage Your Home Without Losing Your Mind, and Organizing for the Rest of Us, which is her most recent publication. So Dana, thank you for coming to the podcast. Welcome. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. Well, before we get into talking about what you do and your books, um, we like to ask each of our guests, what is your favorite prayer closet? Where do you like to go to feel close to God? So I love to be outside and, um, I don't think that I fully kind of got back into that after, you know, my younger years until during COVID when we really, I mean, which is still going on, but like during the time where we were stuck at home, um, I just started spending a lot of time in my backyard and it just got to where that is my place that if, unless it's too cold, which it has been lately, but unless it's too cold, I am out there first thing in the morning. My dogs know that when they hear me stir my coffee and they see me pick up my Bible, they are so excited. Cause here we go. Like that's their Aww. favorite time. Cause they like it when I'm out there with them. So yeah, I mean, that's, that's just out on my back patio. That's really fun. Yeah, there is. There's, we hear so many people that, that connect outdoors or nature with getting close to God and connecting to him. Cause we spend so much of our time looking at a screen, whether it's our phones or our computers or just being enclosed. And I just, I do feel like there's a very significant connection between God's creation and experiencing him in, in more of a, more of a close way. So several years ago, I found your podcast. Um, and this is, you know, long before, long before I even dreamed that we'd be having a conversation. I was just looking for encouragement for my own home. And because I have always struggled and I just, there've been times where I've just sat down and been like, God, what is wrong with me? Like, why can't I maintain my home in a way that seems so easy for so many other people? And there's so many lies entangled up in that that perception anyway. But what I loved was you were so relatable. You were coming from the perspective of I'm not Marie Kondo. I'm not a minimalist. I'm not a like totally organized by nature person who enjoys the organizing process and the cleaning process. And I thought, well, yeah, that's me. And, and so I just, I fell in love with your podcast and your resources and your videos. Um, But what I really love is that you come from a Christian perspective. I mean, house cleaning by nature isn't a spiritual task, but there are so many spiritual things involved with it that I just really was excited to talk with you because, you know, like for instance, some other, let's just say some other cleaning experts may be coming from a different cultural or religious tradition that might not you know, I I wouldn't want to dig deep into that, but I love that, that you come from a Christian perspective and I love your story too, because your story involves just God calling you to do this. What I'm, I will consider a ministry of doing this blog and writing these books and, and ministering to women through 
your own experiences. So, um, can you share that journey with us? Just share kind of how you got into this. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. I, well, it's funny. Cause you say, you know, the, the spiritual aspect of this is not what I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I really, I grew up, um, in a Christian home. I, you know, had always gone to church and I mean, I wanted to be a wife, a mom, you know, that was what I was wanting, you know, looking forward to, I mean, I, any, any dream that I had was always like, I really want to be a mom, you know, like I, I just really want to be a mom. And so, um, it felt like it feels like I'm going to say, um, that being a good Christian woman means having a house that's under control. Like it just, it feels like those two things are supposed to go together. Right. And so it can feel like it's a spiritual issue. And so when, you know, it's not like some people will, I've heard a lot of people talk about the whole, um, you know, oh, I finally realized that, um, God was never asking me to have a perfect home. And so I was finally able to loosen my grip and let it go a little bit and not be so constantly picking up and making everything perfect. And I'm like, but that was not my story. My story was I couldn't do it. Like I, no matter what I tried, I was like, I can't do this thing. That seems like it's so easy for other people. And so for me, the spiritual aspect was more like, okay, other people say they have to kind of loosen their grip and I can't even get a grip. And so what, what is wrong with me and what am I lacking spiritually? What do I not understand? Why am I not, you know, the, the kind of woman that I'm supposed to be when I love Jesus. And I, and and so it's this weird thing that just gets all mixed up together. And so when I started, um, I I wanted to be a writer, did not want to write about cleaning at all. Um, but I, um, I had been trying to get my house under control so that I could start a blog because I learned what blogs were. This was back in 2008. And I was like, Oh, well then I should do that. You know? So I was trying to get my house under control because it had been this lifelong struggle for me. And now I had this, this motivation of, okay, if I could get my house under control, I could do this thing that I really felt like God was calling me to do to write. And, and I couldn't do it. Like I could not get my house under control. I would, you know, maybe do better than I had done other times, you know, where I could go like three weeks without it being a total disaster instead of two, you know, but, um, and it just, it was such a frustration and I was actually in church, um, but the day before my second child went to school. So I was only gonna have one kid. I have three kids, one kid at home during the day. And I was like, this is the first time in years that I will not have to coordinate nap times. And I was like, this is the time when I should start a blog. This is when I should start writing. And I was just praying, but honestly, it was one of those prayers where I was just, I wasn't pretending anymore. I was just like, I was angry. You know, I said, God, why, why have you not cured this issue in me? Why have you not made me different than I am. Like I have begged you to make me organized, to, to take away this struggle and you haven't done it. You haven't answered my prayer and it's keeping me from doing this thing that I really believed he had put in my heart to do. And, um, that was when, you know, God spoke to me, which I know that, you know, but I, I mean, he spoke to me and he was just like, right about that. And so I thought that it was going to be temporary. Like I thought, okay, that's a really good idea. God. Okay. 
So it's like, I'll write about that. I'll learn about blogging. And then when my house is under control, then I can actually write about the things I feel competent to write about. And, um, here we are. And it's been like 12, 12 wow. and a half years yeah. at this point, That's which I can't even amazing. Yeah, I can't believe it. And so, but this is the thing he had for me all along mm-hmm. and it, it, you know, it, and he knew that there are other people. I did not know that I was not the only one. I really thought I was the only person who struggled the way that I did because people don't talk about it. I mean, they may casually mention, Oh, you know, something about messiness. And I think, Oh, okay. They get it. And then they'll be like, Oh, but I never do, you know, never go to the bed, never go to bed without the dishes done or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, well, okay, great. We're not talking (laughs) about the same thing here, you know, or whatever. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I, here I am. And this is what he had for me all along. This was the thing I was supposed to write about. And that was a huge struggle for me. Cause I mean, in the beginning I was just figured it out. I didn't want anybody to learn from me. People would say, Hey, can you teach us how to do what you're doing? And I was like, are you crazy? Like who would want to hear this from me? That makes no sense. Um, but probably about two and a half, three years in was when God was finally just got through to me that, no, this is it. This is the thing. And I made you the way that I made you all along. Like you were not a mistake. Like I didn't accidentally forget to give you the cleaning part of your brain or whatever. (laughs) It's like, no, you, you were created to be you. And this is the purpose because people need people who are like me need to hear this stuff from someone who also struggles legitimately, because most of the people who talk about this stuff, it comes naturally to them. They enjoy talking about it. And so, but the problem is their brains are very different from my brain. God created them their way. He created me my way. And it was, there was a disconnect between those two things. So, you know, what he really ultimately showed me was the cleaning was never a spiritual issue. The issue was that you weren't giving me all of you. And, and, you know, like that was my resistance was even as time would go on, I was like, why would God want me to write about cleaning? Like that makes no sense. I mean, that, that just doesn't compute. And so I just wasn't willing to to give him this being my career, you know, this being the thing. And that's what he wanted. Um, yeah. I love that. And there are a couple of things in there that I just think are so important. And one of them is, isn't that just like God, I think of Moses when he was called and he's like, but I have a speech impediment. I'm not good at speaking and God uses him to be the mouthpiece for him to Pharaoh. Mm -hmm. I mean, how unlikely is that? And for you to say, God, who am I to talk about cleaning and organizing and managing my home when I struggle with it? And God's like, well, that's the point. Right. And, and I think the other thing, I mean, how, how is that? you know, for God to do that. I love it. And the other thing is we have this idea as women. I, I know that because I, I thought I was the only one too, until I heard your podcast pretty much. I mean, I suspected there were other people, but you just so openly laid it out there. I was like, okay, there's nothing wrong with me. I'm just a different, I'm wired differently. I have strengths that other people don't have. And I, this is one of my things that co- doesn't come easily And I think it's really important for women listening to realize that being a Christian doesn't look like, um, like, like a leave it to beaver episode. You know, you don't have to look like this cookie cutter image of, of a housewife. And I'm, and of course there are so many women who aren't in the home, 
Um, I'm, I think I'm talking specifically to, to women who maybe are full-time stay-at-home moms or who work out of their home. And so they are like, well, why, why am I not keeping my house the way I want to that? I must not be a good Christian woman to have this, uh, you know, like stereotypical picture of housekeeping, you know, that's a lie. That's a lie. Exactly. Exactly. When I worked full-time, when, um, before I stayed home with my kids, it literally never occurred to me that it would still be hard for me once I was a stay at home mom. Same here. Like, it was all, I was always messy. Like, so yeah. I, I would speak to everybody, Yeah. but I thought, I mean, it just, I mean, I would even, I, I know I even said the words I was like, well, once I stay home with my kids, yeah. then it'll be my focus. Then, it'll then be I'll, easy. Yeah. It'll be part of my identity. Well, that made it even harder because then it was part of my identity Yeah, and I couldn't do it. And Mm -hmm. so it was like, uh, wait, okay. If I can't do this now that I do, you know, technically sort of kind of have the time, even though kids add a whole thing in there, but you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. even, even though this is my identity and now I still have realized there is something actually flawed about me. I cannot do this. Right. Yeah. And you know, the other side to that is there are, so for me, I think I'm a perfectionist on the inside. And so I expect and have this idea that the house is going to look perfect and it never, ever, ever does. I mean, maybe for a split moment, but right before company comes, parts of my house look what I would consider perfect or, re- or, or, you know, ready, but, um, And so I have this picture of what I want my house to look like. I have a very strong desire to have order in my home and just a very difficult time carrying it out. Um, And there are other women, though, that might their house might regularly look like what I consider messy for my house and the way my house looks a lot. Um, but not have any problems with that. And there may be no conflict inside of them or with their families. And I, you know, I think people need to know that's okay too. Everyone has a different um, idea of what they want their home to look like and, and what they desire for that. And I love how you talk about different clutter thresholds, the way that you manage your home being very specific to you as a person. And so therefore there is no, like, you have to figure out what, what are my goals for my home and what do I want it to look like? Not what, it, what not try to make your home look like someone else's home. Yeah. And like. ultimately my focus is on, is it manageable? Meaning, exactly. am I able to find the thing that things that I need to find? Am I yes. able to functional? Yeah, yeah. Am I able to, when I find out somebody's coming over, can I get the house to the point where I'm willing to let them inside the door, whatever that means, Mm -hmm. you know, like whatever that's so manageability is the actual key, which is completely different for everybody. So, you know, it drives me crazy when, you know, I have a YouTube channel and somebody will be like, why do you have your dish, um, detergent on your counter? And I'm like, there's no rules. Like there are literally no rules. Like who even, why do you care when it's somebody else's house? I'm like, cause I want it there you know, I'm like, cause that's where it works best for me. You know, it's like, but the manageability, instead of having this picture of what a perfect house is supposed to look like instead focusing on at what point can I 
function, do the things I want to do, you know, which for me is all about decluttering. It's about getting the excess out. Yes. And even if I don't have pretty little systems and baskets and labels, if I can function, then that's what I want to do. I mean, mm-hmm. like that, that's where my house needs to be that I can function there. And there are other people that it's really important to them to have the baskets and the labels. And that's great. Um, but it all, you know, turns into function is what the, the key is. Yeah. What I love about your most recent book, um, is that, uh, it's the, um, organizing for the rest of us book mm-hmm. is the pictures that you put in. And I'm assuming that's your house, right? Is, well, actually, is no, <laughs> it's not your house. Okay. It is not my house. No. Um, so what we ended up doing, so I have just moved. I totally would have done the pictures here, but my old house, you know, had the 1970s kitchen with the dark, you know, it was oh, very, right. very dark in there and everything. So, um, we rented an Airbnb and oh, what a great uh, idea! There. That is yeah, so it was actually cool. it it was perfect because it was a it was like eleven hours of shooting and then like staging everything. And I'm like, this would have been so difficult to do in my home with a family and the regular oh, yeah. stuff that we have. So it um it worked out really really well. That is so neat, but you have these step-by-steps. So you have, okay, these are the three things you need to do, you know, trash, then get rid of the, the things that need to go somewhere else and then manage your space. And I'll I'll let you go into that later, but you know, that you show like, okay, this is it in the beginning. This is it after step one. This is it after step two. This is it after step three. And for me, that was so helpful because I could see that progress. And you even suggest for us to take pictures of our own progress just mm-hmm. to see, Hey, look what five minutes of, of decluttering looks like, or look what this 10 minutes of cleaning up this area does and the progress you can make. That's just really motivational. And I think, I don't know if it's common to a lot of people that struggle with organization and cleaning, but, um, but I happen to be a very visual person. And that was just really helpful for me. I like that. Yeah. I think it, um, that was one of the things with the book, as I said, now, you know, cause I always am skeptical when somebody says, Oh, we want you to write a book. Cause I think the first title that they came to me with, cause they approached me about this book, the publisher did. And, um, and they were like, yeah, we want to call it like something, I don't know, clean and clutter free or some, you know, something along those lines, there may be a book called that. I don't know, but it was something like that. And I was like, eh that's not really my style, you know? And I, and I was like, so you want pictures. Let me just make sure you understand what I, you know, I'm like, if I'm going to show decluttering, I have to start with real looking clutter. It can't be because that is the issue that people like me have. And that was always my thing is I was like, I would look at some of these, you know, books and their before picture. I was like, that would be my dream for that to be my after picture. Like, I don't know what y'all are talking about that. This is supposed to be clutter because to me, I was thinking that would be fantastic if that's all I was, all I was dealing with, you know? So I was like, I, it has to be realistic, um, in, in these pictures. We just wanted to take a quick break to share about a sponsor of today's episode, faithful counseling. Let's face it. Life can be hard. It's so important to show up for yourself and your loved ones through all of the struggles life can bring. One way you can do this is by checking in regularly with a Christian therapist. We know not everyone has the time or the money for in-person therapy, but thanks to faithful counseling, Christian therapy can be accessible to anyone. You can speak to your counselor by video, phone, or text. Scheduling is so easy and financial aid is available. 
I recently started using faithful counseling myself, and I admit I had never been to a therapist, and I was kind of nervous about the process. But I was shocked at how easy it was to get started, how convenient it is to communicate with my counselor, and how easy she is to talk to. We would love for you to find out for yourself how beneficial Christian counseling can be. So our sponsor, Faithful Counseling, is offering you 10% off your first month when you use our special link at faithfulcounseling.com slash praying. Yeah. No, I think it was perfect. There's the way that you, you went through that and it was just very real, very relatable. And I think I actually literally breathed a sigh of relief, like, Oh, okay. Like this person gets me, they get what, you know, like that makes me so happy to hear. That was my, that was my goal. No, everything you do is like that for me. I really appreciate your voice being out there. Um, and you know, you mentioned just that not handing you're not handing everything over to God. And I feel like sometimes in this struggle, um, where, you know, we struggle with, um, I don't know, I guess I would call it for me personally, dissatisfaction with the way things are going in my home. Um, that in itself, I think is a spiritual issue. And so, you know, just this constant, I think a thinking, well, when I finally get my house in order, then everything else is going to fall into place. And it's that, you know, that, that deferred goal that never really happens because home management is an ongoing process. You're never, I have this idea, I guess, in the back of my head that everything will be perfect and then everything will be perfect, but it's, it's a process. And so I think in me, what God kind of revealed to me was a very similar thing, which was you haven't been inviting me into your mess. You haven't been inviting me into your process because this is a process. This is something that I need to walk beside you with. It's not something that you just hurry up and get done and then it's done forever. So like, as you've worked with women over the years and talked with lots of women about these issues, have you uncovered any other, like any emotional or spiritual struggles going along with um, clutter and home management? I think, um, so the main thing God has showed me is this is not a spiritual issue, you know, like this, the clutter itself. (laughs) Right. I think the problem becomes when we just assume without thinking that it is, you know, like that, that's where the thing is, is where, you know, it feels like, okay, there's something wrong with me here. Mm-hmm. what is it? And instead, and we want to, we want to figure that out. We want to pray first and which we should pray as we go, you know, but it's kind of like yeah. you talked about like the, the walk of it. And there, there are so many parallels to the spiritual life. There are so many things that, um, home management, cleaning, all that is a, a, a physical image of the spiritual life, but we can't mix those up. Like that's yeah. the problem. You know, it's, it's like, um, uh, you know, I, the Bible study that I'm in right now, we're in Matthew and the, um, you know, when Jesus, the first time that he like really just goes off on the Pharisees, I mean, like really gets angry with them I mean, he's, they've been annoying before this, but the first time that he just really lets them have it is when they freak out over 
the disciples eating before they wash their hands. Like they didn't wash their hands before they ate. Well, we should all wash our hands before we eat. Right. I mean, like, yes, please. Everybody let's all, let's all wash our hands. Like, like especially it's a, now. Yeah. <laughs> and it's probably, especially back. I mean, like it's a very good thing. And so, but his point was you are making this a spiritual issue when it shouldn't be. Okay. Mm, good like point. it is not supposed to be a spiritual issue. Washing your hands is good. God created the world to work in that way. You know, I mean, like we need to wash our hands and yet when you turn it into a spiritual issue, you get people off track. And so it's this looking at all of this stuff in your house as it it is helps me understand God. You know, I mean like the, the washing, the daily washing has nothing to do with my salvation but it still has to be done. Right. And so that daily being in the word, that daily having that relationship with Jesus, where you are, um, living and constantly, you know, giving over again and again and again, pieces of your life to him. And yet that doesn't affect my salvation. Right. I mean, like I it's done it's, you know, so it's like, don't get those two things mixed up. And I think that tends to be, more of the issue than somebody needing to figure something out spiritually before they, um, can figure out their house Mm -hmm. instead. It's really just, you know, one of the things that I, I feel like I'm rambling here, I'm sorry, but, um, (laughs) one of the things that I find, um, really interesting and I was, and I just forgot what it was. (laughs) That's okay. Yeah. So you've listened to my podcast, you know, I do this kind of stuff all the time where I'm just like, wait, what was I talking about? Oh, I love it. I love it. It was, it was totally going to change everybody's life, but now I can't remember. So, oh, well, (laughs) I bet it'll come back and it'll be just as life-changing. Well, I have a question for you until you remember Mm -hmm. about it, or I guess just something that I've, I've thought I, or not even a question, just a, an observation that sometimes, um, not my house, not feeling the way that I want it to be or the way that I think it should be before people come over has prevented me from inviting people into my home or, um, and, and there have been times when I have just been like, you know what it is, what it is, this person's going to come in and I've had wonderful fellowship with that person and, and they haven't been judgy about it. But one thing that I love about what you said in probably your a podcast, I don't think it was one of your books, but you said that you actually intentionally started having a Bible study come to your house weekly to hold you accountable, to keep your mm-hmm. house manageable. And it made it more manageable because you had a deadline, you you know, a weekly deadline mm-hmm. and every week. So you don't have a year of clutter or a year of, of untidiness to worry about you have. And that's what COVID did for me is I stopped worrying about people coming over yeah. during the height of it when no one was coming over. And then we had a lot of digging out to do because of that. And having a regular appointment, I think is a way to let go of some of that baggage of like, oh man, what are people going to think? And just have that regular appointment of people coming. That was great advice that I I loved from one of your episodes. Yeah, that, that was huge. And that was in the very, very beginning before Mm -hmm. I told anybody what I was doing. I didn't even tell my husband what I was doing. And I remember him looking at me when, you know, our church was going to start up having home groups Mm -hmm. and I volunteered. And I just remember him looking at me like, We're going to do that. And I was, but I had been, I think it was probably a week and a half, two weeks into 
really, really focusing and saying, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. And I thought, no, this will be a good accountability thing for me. Um, you know, and, and we were talking about the spiritual issues that what the spiritual, it's not that your messy house can't reveal spiritual issues because it can't, I mean, as far as like, if I am not willing to have people inside, but then that's my pride, you know, um, mm. th- that, so that happens, you know I mean? Like that, that mm. is it. And so, yes, I need to work on my house so that I am willing to have them come in. But sometimes, you know, I mean, I've had people who've literally needed a place to go and it was at the exact time I really had let things go and I did not want anybody inside. And it was, you know, I, I need to humble myself and just let them come on in and, you know, use that as motivation for the future. But I mean, like that, that pride issue was a a big one for me. I didn't want anybody to know how much I struggled. Yeah. Yeah. Do you ever incorporate prayer into any areas of house cleaning or organizing or anything like that? Or have you heard of people doing that? Yeah, I wouldn't say that I incorporate it in. Um, I would, you know, I talk to myself a lot while I, um, you know, (laughs) am working on stuff. And so, but I I would say that um, just the, the mindless doing dishes, doing, you know, sweeping, that's when my brain can just go. And so a lot of times those are the times where prayer comes very, very naturally, you know, like sometimes in the sitting and the, okay, this is the time right now I'm going to pray for the next seven minutes or whatever. Like that's where sometimes I can feel like I'm struggling, but you know, ironically, I guess, you know, when I'm actually doing the action of cleaning and not having to think about that, that's often when I feel that release and then turning that time into prayer is, is, um, you know, lovely, really. Yeah. Isn't that funny how that happens when you just do those things, you know, the tasks that are kind of repetitive and mind numbing, the same thing happens when I'm walking or when I'm showering, Mm -hmm. just things where you don't really have to think and usually there's no input. I do listen to podcasts a lot while I'm cleaning, but sometimes I have to tell myself no, because it yes. really is such a, just silence and white space is yeah. so valuable and we don't have enough of it, but yeah, yeah, doing those kinds of things are really definitely, um, opportunities yes. for being more meditative and praying and even just thinking through, like just inviting God into your thoughts. You know, like you said, you talk to yourself. I talk to myself and I think through things. And I mean, I think that's a form of prayer too. As Christians, we have the Holy spirit. And so as we're thinking through things and inviting God into our self-talk maybe, or Mm -hmm. our, our thoughts processes. I mean, I think that can be a form of prayer too, just untangling all of the thoughts that have kind of gotten jumbled up and not really processed as a result of our busy lives. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, I think what I was going to, what I was going to say earlier, Ooh, the life is changing, it yes. this is life changing. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's just that, um, and I forget what we said that, that kind of triggered this in my brain, but, um, one of the things that I have heard people say, I actually was in a, you know, I've been doing a lot of these interviews for, for the new book that's coming out. And there was one where clearly they had no idea who I was or anything like that, you know, and somebody said something like, oh, well, you know, and you should really get your house under control so that then you can, you know, have, have the, um, peaceful space so you can start studying the Bible. And I was like, actually just study the Bible in the mess, you know, Mm -hmm. like just 
just don't, because I think like you were talking about, I think, okay, if I can just get this done, then that, then this thing that God wants me to do, I'll be able to do that. Then I'll be, you know, let me, let me finish getting my house under control. Well, like that was what I was doing. Right. I thought I was going to get my house under control so I could then serve God through my writing. And he didn't let me get my house under control because he wanted me to serve him by writing about my house. You know I mean? Like, so it, it's that. And I think sometimes I read a book one time where somebody was talking about budgeting and they were like, you know, you really can't, um, get your budget under control until your house is under control. So the first thing you need to do is go through and get rid of all your clutter. Well, to the person who is like completely overwhelmed, they're like, well, then there's no hope for me on either of these things, you know, mm-hmm. where the, one of the realities that I have learned is that a lot of us who struggle with our homes and with clutter, it's because we have this ability to laser focus on other things in the midst of all the clutter. It's not because, you know, where someone else might say that because they do need to have the clutter out of the way for them to be able to focus on this thing. I'm like, oh, I can do all kinds of amazing things in the midst of the clutter. That's part of my problem. That's why there's the clutter. Cause I don't notice it's happening while I'm focused in on something else, you know? Right. So, so I think it's that, um, you know, thinking that you have to get this thing perfect before you start, um, serving God or doing what he's asked you to do. Oh yeah, that's absolutely true. And, you know, I think, um, I just think that when we keep pushing that goal, you know, like, well, I'll do this after this, this, and this is done. It just keeps pushing it away. And, and, you know, sometimes I think God that's see, that's what I love about a lot of your process. It's not okay. You take a, a two week period of time, and you rip everything out of your, you know, cabinets and then deal with them in all these different ways. And you need to recruit a team of people to come and help you. And you need to rent a dumpster. Like your system is very doable in the midst of everyday life and very sustainable. Like I haven't heard many others, if any organizing experts talk about don't pull everything out of every cabinet and deal with it. Do one drawer at a time, because that way, as you go, you're not, you're definitely going to get distracted. If you're the kind of person that gets distracted, which is a lot Mm -hmm. of probably the people listening to your podcast, because they can relate. And, and I've done that so many times where I get this wonderful pile of stuff. And then I forget what the piles are for, or I get, you know, everything pulled out and then I don't sort it. And then I've got a huge, big mess on my hands. That's even worse than when I started. And so if people go through a lot of your strategies, there are just very sustainable practices that may not get your house, like looking totally perfect in a week or 24 hours, um, it could, but it, it doesn't have to, you can do it gradually over time and add, you know, it's kind of like the, the atomic habits, um, book that we've actually talked about on the podcast, small implement these small changes and you'll start to see a big difference. So can you tell us, like, just speak to the woman listening now, who's just like, Oh, I get it. I'm like this. I have no idea how to get control of my home. I'm unhappy with the state of my home, but I've never had success. What's step one that you would give to that woman or a few steps if you want to go into a few? Yeah. Um, so I love how you described it. You know, it's the, we don't ever with my 
method. I don't pull everything out of a space because that's what I'd always done before. And I'd never been successful. So I, you know, that's what generally every other person who talks about decluttering will tell you to do, because it does make sense. Like in a perfect world with no distractions, where you're going to have plenty of time to completely finish this entire thing that you're starting on. It makes sense that you would pull it all out and then just put back the, but, um, I would pull everything out. Life would happen. And then it was all, instead of shoved in a cabinet, it was now either on the floor or all over the cab countertop. And I would either just get really frustrated or, you know, usually just, well, I might leave it there for three months or whatever, and my house is worse off, worse off, or I might just shove it all back in there and where it used to kind of sorta, I knew where things are, were in the mess. Now it was just, you know, this big jumble in there. And so it was just like, why do I even try when it never actually works? And so I, my strategy that I came up with in my own house, which I've then, you know, distilled down into a five-step process is, um, just to like, make a final decision by final decision. So I pull one item out at a time and I make a final decision. So the way that I do that in a decluttering scenario is, um, I start with the trash. Like I have a black trash bag recycling bin, if you have it, and I just throw away any of the trash. And what that does is instead of just seeing it as this overall overwhelming mass of stuff, I start to see the individual items that are in there now. And by pulling out trash, I am no longer paralyzed where before I just wanted to shut down, close the drawer, close the door and just leave, you know, instead it's like, okay, I know what to do. I'm going to look for trash. Even if I'm sure there's no trash, there's always trash, but I pull that trash out. Um, and then even if two minutes later I get distracted and I have to step away, that space is better than it was before. And I haven't made it any worse. So that's like this actual real progress. It's not pulling the trash out and making a little stack over here to then throw away later. No, it's going ahead and sticking it straight in the trash bag so that when I get distracted, like I'm going to accept the fact that I'm going to get distracted, the space is going to be better. And then the next step is the easy stuff, meaning like anything that has an established home already in your house, just go ahead and take it there. And then moving through the process item by item, you're only making progress so the space is going to be better no matter what happens. And there is a feeling, I, I'm guessing it's like a dopamine hit that you get. For me, it is just taking that step and making progress. And it's yes. such an easy step. Just take out the trash bag and go around the whole house or the room or whatever it is that you're doing and just put trash in the trash bag. It's so easy and it really makes a difference. It really does make a difference. Um, maybe I just have more trash than most people, but it really does make a difference because then, like you said, I have the other thing that you've said that really resonates with me is I don't see uh, messes at all. And when, uh, you know, I have friends that are very organized and see every little thing. And so when they walk by something, they pick it up and put it where it needs to be immediately because they can't stand it because it's out of place. But I'm the opposite. And I think all of my family members are too, where we just, we don't see it until it's gotten to be a like full on mess. And then like one, and so, so you do begin to start seeing the individual things rather than just seeing a mess as you do that trash work, then you start to kind of think, oh, well, I see there's a bunch of stuff here that we could donate, or I have too many markers in this drawer. I'm going to mm -hmm. weed out the markers or, you know, you just get ideas going and it like motivates you to keep going. 
Yes, exactly. And I think it's that, um, if you've ever felt like I just never seem to actually make progress Mm -hmm. to redefine that and realize that every, when you are making final decision by final decision, each decision that you've made is progress. And the first three steps really don't require any kind of thinking. I mean, like it's literally trash, obvious trash, easy stuff, meaning it already has an established home. I'm not having to decide where it goes. And then clutter duck donations, which means like, why do I have this anyway? I'm just going to stick it in my donate box and like just going through that process. And it's Mm -hmm. like, this is progress and there's nothing like, I don't have to finish it. I would love to finish it. But even if I don't each little teeny tiny thing that I've done on its own has been finished. I'm not leaving myself with more to do later or feeling guilty when I get pulled away. I've only made progress. Yeah. And I think that's so important to shift that lens. Cause I think a lot of times we look at failure, failure, Mm -hmm. failure, failure to have a clean counter, uh, failure to keep the counter clean or, you know, um, failure to finish organizing this section, but instead to flip it and be like, and I actually started doing this not long after I started listening to your podcast, I actually would take pictures. Um, and I had a little like subfolder in my, um, in my, uh, camera called victories. And I, I would, it. I would take a little picture and it would be a victories photo just to me. I knew, and it usually wasn't a before and after it was just the, you know, whatever I did, but I, I would look at that. And, you know, one time it was dinner. I'm like, Hey, I planned a meal and I cooked it and I like did it ahead of time and I wasn't rushing. Mm-hmm. And I mean, to, to most people that doesn't seem like a big victory, but at the time that was huge for me. And so, you know, uh, uh, decluttered junk drawer or even a bag of trash like that is mm-hmm. that's victory and i think if we start it's kind of a parallel to you know not to stretch too far but in in prayer to the um cultivating gratitude and so it's the same thing where instead of looking at oh what i don't have in my life looking at gratitude as mm-hmm. you know shifting your focus to what do you have count every small blessing we'll count every small victory in this process and you start to feel victorious you start to feel like a success and like you've made progress and so i really love yeah. that mindset shift yeah and like like what you were saying you know it's that difference between I wish I was different. I wish I noticed the things like other people notice. And Mm -hmm. I, I wish I couldn't handle there being dirty dishes in the sink. I wish that, you know, I wish I was different than I am. And instead of just, because that never got me anywhere. That was what Mm -hmm. I used to do. I was like, I've got to be different. Okay. Tomorrow I'm going to be different than I am today. I'm going to notice, I'm going to deal with things little by little, instead of, you know, what, what you were talking about, I call it, I don't see incremental mess. I see perfectly clean. I see totally messy. I don't see the in-between how it's getting to so messy. And instead, instead of wishing I was different instead going, okay, this is how I am. So what do I need to do? How can I do this differently so that I achieve the same or similar results? Because it just never got me anywhere to just wish I was different than I was. Yes. And I have been the same and just, you know, asking that question, why don't you change me? I've been praying for you to change me, God, but 
he's designed yeah. us the way we are for yeah. a reason. And yes. some of it, I, I don't know that, you know, I, I think of Paul and the thorn in his flesh that he asked God three times, take it away. And God said, no, my grace is sufficient for you. And not only that, my power is made perfect in this weakness that I've allowed in you. So yes. we need the weakness. We are created. Yeah to have that weakness, which reminds us who we are and who he is. And Mm -hmm. that it was never, you know, my pride is the thing that gets in the way of that relationship with God. Like, because if I am prideful, I am not acknowledging who I am and who he is because there's Mm -hmm. no place for pride in there. And so it is a gift. This weakness is a gift. It is a gift for us to understand our lack of self-sufficiency. Mm-hmm. Well, um, where can listeners find out more about your books? Where can they connect with you online, find your podcast and all that good stuff? Well, my home base online is at aslobcomesclean.com. Um, that's where I started writing in the beginning, but that's also, you know, you can get to my YouTube channel, my podcasts and all that kind of stuff, the books and everything from there. All right. And are you on what social media do you like the most? Um, I don't know. I have the biggest following on Facebook. Um, but I like Instagram the most. I just don't post a whole bunch on Instagram, but yeah. And who are, where do we find you there? Is that a slob comes both clean of them also? are a slob comes clean. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, how can we end in prayer for you today? Well, um, I just, you know, I, my next thing <laughs> in my own list, um, seeing where God takes it, but, um, I have been working on a book for actually before this book even was suggested, um, just about the spiritual side of this, you know, the spiritual, problems that, um, you know, that, that we either incorrectly or whatever associate with, with cleaning that, um, that. just the reality of that. Um, and so that book is mostly written, but, um, God just kind of been like, not quite yet, not quite yet. I think it's time we'll see. Um, but I'm ready to get that finished. So if you can just pray for, pray for that, pray for, time and focus and energy and, you know, God's direction in, into finishing up that book. So, Oh, that's exciting. Well, let us know when that one comes out so we can talk about it. I will for sure. (laughs) All right. Well, Dana, thanks for being on the podcast. This has been really fun. I I'm really glad that I got to talk to you and I know our listeners are going to really get a lot out of your message and I hope that they will check out your YouTube channel and your podcasts and your books. Thank you. All right, let's pray. God, we just thank you for this time. Thank you for Dana. Thank you for this journey that you've brought her through and that she continues to be on um, of just finding joy in incorporating your power into things that she has struggled with and in doing that ministering to so many people. We just pray that you would continue to guide and direct her in her writing. Um, We pray specifically for this next book for your perfect timing. And we just pray that you would, if there's something that, that needs to go in it, that's not in it, that you would just direct her there and show her if it's ready to go, that you would just 
break down any barriers between now and, and getting it out to the world. We just continue to pray for each of her projects, her podcast, her, um, her blog, her speaking, her writing, and just ask that you would um, just continue to equip her for each of those things, as well as for her home, her family, and just all of the, the many different hats that she wears. We pray that you would give her the strength, the energy, and the vision that she needs to do all of the things. And we just pray that you'd be glorified in every aspect of her life. We pray your protection and your blessing on her home, on her marriage, on her family. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of the Praying Christian Women podcast. We'd love to hear from you, so please leave us a comment to let us know what questions or topics we can address in future shows. Then hop over to prayingchristianwomen.com slash journal to download your free prayer guide. We're so glad you joined us for today's show, and we wish you God's deepest blessings as you draw closer to Him and change the world one prayer at a time.